Oh, just there was one plane that was, I think, like baby blue and had a purple dragon on it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Okay, hey everybody, welcome to episode 134 of the Lee Ray Show, with a special guest appearance by the RC Roundtable. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) And that was Lee Ray, I'm Fitzwalker, and our third amigo is Terry Dunn. Hey, that other guy. Yeah, that some guy. And the rest. (laughs) Just some guy. All right, well, let's get right into it, because we're probably going to have a pretty involved show with a lot of stuff to talk about because we've all been pretty busy the past couple of weeks i guess since the last show or two of us have been busy the third one has been kind of a layabout when it comes to modeling stuff what about the fifth one at the end of the show you get to guess (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right well uh so like as i mentioned we've all been pretty busy with our modeling adventures uh speak for yourself well you had a little bit. You had a plane on a boat. I intended to be busy. Yeah, you intended to, but uh, the the stars didn't align, and you can explain to us uh, your excuses in yep. a moment. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, uh, Lee has the biggest story, so we're going to leave him for last. Uh, I guess I'll go, the first thing. Uh, not too much, but I did go to um, a, the... The postponed Bomber uh, Any Size Warbird event at Bomber Field here in Monteville, Texas. Uh, It was supposed to happen, I think, either earlier this month or last month, but it got rained out. We had a lot of rain, actually, the past couple of months. So it finally happened, and it was actually a pretty good day, other than being 800 degrees in the shade. The weather was pretty nice, and light breeze, uh, sunny skies, and lots of people showed up. I was surprised how many actually came in and it was a very nice event. I ended up staying a little bit longer than I intended to. And <laughs> I'll have to admit though, I didn't fly. What? Yeah, I just didn't get it. I was just wasn't uh, it was kind of a weird thing uh because I um I brought a couple of planes and I thought well maybe I'll fly in the morning, but two things happened. Uh I ended up having to to run an errand which broke up the flying in that day. So a I had non to, I RC got, errand? You know, it was an RC related errand, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, mean, I needed a, mean, I meant that I needed to leave the field and then come back. Uh, so that broke it up. And second, I, I wanted to test out my new camera that I mentioned before on the show. And so I ended up just spending a whole bunch of time taking video. And so, I, as you, in fact, one of the, I put up on my YouTube channel. Uh, a few minute video of the really big F one hundred four Starfighter that showed up. Uh, this guy, oh, I forgot his name. Ugh, terrible with names. Uh, he's had a. He said it was a fifty inch wingspan, but like a hundred and forty inch long model with a two fifty size turbine. If I remember correctly, it wouldn't big. have to be Nick Morrow, would it? I think it was. Yes, it was Nick Morrow. Thank you. Huh? Small world. Um, you know his dad was. Uh, yeah, I know him. He. Uh, his dad was in my club in Lubbock, and he, Nick lives in Dallas, or he did back when I saw him frequently, but he would come up to our events in Lubbock all the time. So, yeah, I know Nick. He's good people. Yeah, he was a nice guy. I actually, after he flew, I came up to him and asked him to 
briefly tell me about his plane and talk to me about it. And, he's, and he uh, spit out a whole bunch of details, and it was uh, real nice about it. Uh, so I featured that in a video. Uh, it's, it's a big model. <laughs> it's, it's really huge, really long. It's like, oh, how do you carry this thing? And he goes, I oh, just take the wings off and stick it in a long whatever trailer. Uh, I had a nice flight with it. The landing was a little, uh, a bit of a, uh, a little hard. Uh, he said uh, it was it was kind of hot and he wasn't used to the, the lower air density, so he kind of came in. It, the descent rate was a little higher than he expected, but he got it down one piece and taxied back. It was real nice. Uh, so, but as usual with these events, a lot of stuff flying around. Uh, it's a good mix of turbines and electric and gas and glow and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, uh, it was, uh, good to go up. Good, good showing. I'm trying to think of anything unusual. Uh, they had the giant bird dog that Legend Hobby had just recently announced with a hundred and something CC engine in it. Twin cylinder. You said uh, giant too normally. You have to say giant, ginormous. Uh, <laughs> so, <this is> a, <laughs> so that that starfighter and that was were some really big ones. Of course, lots of warbirds. <laughs> Did they fly at the same time? <laughs> uh, That'd be a oh, nice contrast. Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw that. Did I post a picture? Uh, I did on my on my personal media. But there was a, a neat glider with a turbine engine on it. It was like a, a discus glider. It was big. Also, giant. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, we were estimating it had to be at least a six meter. I think we were, we were guessing. Holy cow! Uh, that that is big. I didn't get was, a sense of the size from your picture. Yeah, sorry. I had. To, I think I used a wide angle lens, so maybe it was a little wasn't as obvious. But it was. It was huge. It was a huge glider, and it was a turbine stuck on top. I don't know what size it was, but uh, so like eighteen foot wingspan, something like that. Yeah, it was huge. How does it, was it take smaller off? Smaller than that? No, probably close to that. Yeah. So how does it take off? I didn't see when I had to run an errand is when they flew it. It was like, ah, son uh, of a... And I just missed it when I, when I came up. Um, uh, one of the guys says, oh, it just flew. I was like, oh, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see it fly the rest of the time I was there. Um, so I was like... Rah, 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 rah. Oh, they also had the big... Um, the OV-10 from Horizon Hobbies, the, the really big one they just came out with. Yeah, yeah. That was there too, and that, that's a big mother. Does that mean they're available for consumers now? I presume that they have been, haven't they? I don't know. I thought they were. Well, I don't know if I presume they are because this guy had it. And he's and he. I don't know how long he's had it, but uh, hmm. it was there, and it, it's it's pretty impressive when you see it in, in the flesh. And it was electric was it, too. Yeah, oh, two okay, twelve cell. Yeah, two twelve cell packs in it for each motor. Two for no, each wait, motor? No, one 12 cell for each motor, excuse me. I mean, that's still a lot, but... It's, yeah, it is a lot of batteries. Huh. Gives you an idea how big it is. That's and of course, cool. lots of night need other stuff. Of course, lots of warbirds of all types. Um, trying to think of anything that jumped out at me. Well, they you described it as all-size warbirds. Yeah. What was the smallest warbird you saw? Uh, I saw a 40 size glow fly. Did I see anything smaller? A small EDF, maybe about 80 millimeter EDF flew. Um, uh, Tom Blinkeny was there. He had a couple oh. of small electrics. Yeah, that's oh, right. Of course. You that. Yeah, smallish. He had, he had a little OV10, which was really neat. I think right. the, uh, uh, something else. He had a little B17. 
Like the UMX or something different? No, it was a larger one, yeah. Okay. I didn't see any UMXs there, but probably the smallest was a little 40 size. Either the 40 size, I forgot what it was, a little Spitfire maybe. Uh, I think it was Chris that had it. You okay. know Chris Ray. Uh, or Tom Blakeney's OV-10, I think it was on a small side. But was it speaking. generally the 30 to 50 cc gas type stuff? Yeah, that was the majority okay. of it. All right. Nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. That's, you know, Texas Warbird guys, so they're, they're tearing up. But right. it was a good mix of stuff. A lot of people showed up and flew all kinds of stuff. Now, speaking of your media, you had some picture of a Zero that was in a unflattering position. What's yes. the story behind that? Um. You know my Kyosho Zero? Not a Kyosho. Yeah, the Did one it? that the gear was gone. Oh. Yeah, that was the one I... I What is it? That one, Wally's? Was that the Wally plane that we got for you at during a swap meet at Northwest RC? The one, yeah, one I got at Northwest. Yeah, yeah. that's That was we get, got from Wally. Yeah. Okay, so what happened? It multiplied. Oh, no. <laughs> you fed it after midnight. I fed it to midnight and... Uh, it, bathed in water so that's not the same zero that's another one okay oh really yeah it was so uh, you bought a new one no <laughs> you, you were given sold a new yours one. no okay we're done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was made an offer i couldn't refuse of um, it was gifted to me. Okay. I thought I said that. Yeah, you did. I didn't get a chance to answer. Oh, okay. Yes. It was more of a recipro- reciprocity kind of thing. Okay. I did something for somebody and they were so grateful. They said, here, we we found this. We picked this up somewhere or whatever. It says, uh, we know you like zeros here. Take it. <laughs> That's how rumors get started, Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> so now what would I you do two. for a zero? <laughs> some, some shady <laughs> stuff, man. What would you do for love and a zero? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now I have a, another one. It's also got a four-stroke on it, but a bigger one. I think he said it was an 80. Oh, wow. Or 60 or something like that. So it's a little bit bigger than the one I have already. And no this is a 40-size nitro. Plane. It's a 40-size nitro with a fairly good-size glow. It's Sato, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a Sato. I think he said 80, but that sounds too big. Uh, but it's definitely bigger than, than the 50-something that's on the other one. Uh, the only thing is it doesn't have retracts. It sort of has the figure fixed, and whoever put it together basically glued wood blocks into the gear wells or something like that, so it looks like it would be a real piece of work to make it retracts. Well, maybe this is the one you make a roof then. Oh. Oh. That's oh. right. You said last time. <laughs> yeah. oh. You just need to make me your consultant. There you go. So I was wondering. It's like, I had two of these things. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let it be written. So let it so be. So let it be. So shall it be. All right. So I'll have to see about uh, making some floats for it. Yeah. So for those who don't know, the roof was, is that an allied code name or was that something else? That was an allied was, code name. Uh, yeah. For the float equipped Zero, which had a center float and then some outriggers on the wings, right? Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Plus, it's got the larger engine, so it's got a little extra power to drag all that stuff around. See, I'm there for you, buddy. Oh, man. That's why I keep you around. Yeah. That and the favors. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, including the one that's currently soaking in a vat of a um, antifreeze. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So do we talk about that? I don't know. Shall we talk about that or uh, wait for later? Uh, let's talk about it now. I can keep it quick. Okay, go. So uh, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went out for lunch in a local town right on the Erie Canal. There's several of those around here. Anyway, as we walked out of the little diner, um, there were two antique shops across the street. My wife said, hey, I'd like to go in there. And I was like, uh, I don't want to look around stupid antique shop. But like, fine, 10 minutes and then we're gone. And we go in there. And as soon as we walk in the first one, there's a, an old uh, Cox Models box sitting there on the floor. And it was a half a acro cub. And I forgot. Uh, I looked up the date on it. I think it's a 1970s model. Now, 049 control line plastic. You know, the typical Cox formula. And uh, they only wanted 25 bucks for it. And it was obviously well used. This was not like the PT-19 I just bought. This one um, has seen some use, but it was still in the original box. So I'm mm. like, oh, for 25 bucks, I can't go wrong there. So I bought it. I brought it home, and <laughs> it was like it had been dipped in maple syrup. Every <laughs> inch of that thing, it was like sticky, 40 years of grime. Um, but I tried cleaning it with some simple green that we used to clean our house, which is diluted, and that wasn't making a dent in that stuff. So I used full concentrated simple green and that did the trick but anyway so a lot of scrubbing i got most of the airframe clean there's a couple broken plastic pieces but nothing critical and then i get to the engine which is a normal 049 that has a separate tank and it was seized and i played around with it a few minutes and got it disassembled and then started asking you questions fits and then the final question was hey if i send it to you Will you get it running? And like a fool, you said yes. So I dropped it in the mail, and now you have it. Indeed, I do. And yeah. So, so do, does the prospect look uh, okay? Oh yeah, I'll never give up on it. I'll, um, I mean, the engine itself generally looked pretty good, other than being seized. <laughs> it looked like it was in decent shape. So what causes them to seize? Is it more of the same stuff that was coated on the outside of the model, just seized up inside the cylinder, maybe? Yeah. What happens is the caster gets coagulated and just just sort of jellified and and, and becomes glue after after yeah. it dries out after all the the um, uh, methanol and stuff evaporates out of it so it's it's okay. pretty common yeah um, especially if they didn't put any oil in it or anything or run it out of fuel yeah I this thing was road hard and put up wet yeah so and I, I've done it before usually. Like I said, I put it in a crock pot filled with um, antifreeze. Uh-huh. And so it helps clean it out and it also warms it up and kind of helps loosen up the gunk. So what I'll do is I'll pull it out and while it's still hot, uh, try to turn it over, maybe bolt a prop on it real quick and uh, okay. help turn it over. And then once I get it freed up a bit, then I'll um, put some oil in it. I got some machine oil I'll use to uh-huh. clean it out. And I'll check the cylinder and make sure it's looks good, not scarred or anything. Uh, okay. And then I'll bolt it up to something and fire it up. Yay. And you make your own fuel for this stuff, right? Yes, I do. Fitz Fuel. Fitz Fuel. Okay. Fitzfuel.com. Right. So I'll buy some of that from you and you can ship it back <laughs> with the engine. Speaking of that, somebody uh, recently contacted me and says, uh, can you make up some special fuel for me for a Cox engine? I said, yeah, sure, what you want. He goes, I need something with 50% nitro. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we talked about that in a previous podcast. <laughs> hey, buddy, psst. I need a hit of 50% methanol. Yeah, I forgot what it was, what? but he's doing some sort of racing, I think pylon racing or something, or um, uh, control line racing or something. He said, old. I think it was old 20 rat racing wow. or something like that. 
it's like, okay, yeah, I could do that, but man, that's some spicy so, stuff. Not to get too deep into the science of it, which I don't know all the science of two-stroke engines, but would you have to run a low compression head with that high nitro uh, to prevent detonation? Uh, a lot of times I'll run actually a high compression head on that. Okay. And they can okay. shim it out, change it with shims. I'm not an expert on that, something that high. I don't know what they do special. That's really mm-hmm. high, and that's really hard on the engine. Um, so, I, you know, I honestly don't know. Mm. That's a good point. But a lot of, like, the TDs and stuff, they have a high-compression head on them. It, yeah, yeah. And but, they run high-percentage nitro as well. Like yeah, 40% yeah, yeah. or 35, something like that. 35 usually is the top end, 30 to 35 Okay. But I've I've made forty percent for another guy who did racing stuff or high speed stuff, huh. um, and so he'll probably adjust the shims. He may run a high compression head and then shim it out the way till it runs good. Yeah, I'm not interested in any of that. This thing still has mine has the spring start on it still. I just want a normal cox prop with a spring start that starts reasonably reliably. Yeah, you're not going to want to. And I, I got to check the porting on that too. You probably don't want to run anything high nitro on it. Just yeah. So what do you recommend for the normal babies and black widows and stuff? That fifteen percent is fine. One five? Yeah, one five. Uh, fine. All right, that's lower than I would have guessed. Okay. Yeah, they can run like twenty something, twenty four percent, twenty five percent if you want a little more kick, but usually that's either one's fine. Depending on you know what kind of performance you're looking. But not stuff you would buy in a hobby shop. Because a normal blend would not work well. That, right? Yes. The the main thing is lubrication. The Cox engines need a lot of oil. They need at least twenty percent. Most of the stuff you buy in a hobby store is 18% max and usually uh-huh. mostly synthetic. You want some caster. You want a lot of caster in this. Oh, and okay. definitely don't run car fuel. Car is usually around 10% oil. And so oh. you nuke that engine pretty quickly. <laughs> okay. All right. So that was enough of a diversion so, on that. I but, just want, uh, just one last thing. I was looking at a picture of this Acro Cub. That's a funky looking guff. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's got this super long landing gear. I guess the, the propeller's way out of scale, so it needs that long gear and the plastic struts on it. Mine, the plastic struts are part of it that's broken. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll see how it looks when it's all together. Well, also, if they're calling it Acro Club, meaning I guess you can do some stunts with it, they're probably trying to protect the prop with those long gear. Yeah, I could bounce be. it off the ground. And Acro is going to be a relative term, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure you could probably do loops and wingovers with it. Uh, maybe wingovers. I'd be surprised. It's a really small model. I mean, it's, there's not a whole lot of wing area supporting this thing. Ah, but that maybe it's more power to power to thrust the weight or something. Uh, maybe. But it's interesting because the basic airframe is one piece of plastic. The wing oh, yeah. and all of the fuselage is one molded piece of plastic. Really? And it's in really good condition, yeah. It's oh, fascinating. And uh, the plastic on the wing is is pretty thick cross section. It was I'm surprised by it. Now uh, the canopy and the side windows are one separate piece mm-hmm. that bolts in. It's kind of one screw that kind of holds it all together that has the bell crank and the canopy. But all the rest, uh, other than the elevator, is one molded piece. Cool. Now, I had one last question. Are yeah. you going to fly it? Control line. That's yeah. That's my intent. And when I bought it, I'm like, all right, this was one I won't be afraid to fly. It's already. You know, well used, and there's not really any historical value with it or sentimental value because I never had one of these as a kid. So let's get oh, something cool. half A that I can fly. All right. That's why I'm asking you to fix it up and get it running. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. So, video or it didn't happen? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I have a question for you now. Where can I buy the old Cox uh, control handles and flying lines? Um. 
you probably get it from our buddy over there at Cox International. Okay. I think he has some. Uh, sometimes hobby stores have some of those stuff. Or eBay, of course. Yeah. But control line stuff is still sold. Oh, um, Brodak. Oh, right. That's a good point. I'll Should have some Brodak. of that as well. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I've got this set that's still sealed in the package for my PT19, but I don't want to break that open. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. So, I'd have forgot how we got to my new model, but oh, you were uh, talking about yeah, fixing things. Yeah. So, so so while you're at, while you're at it, can you tell us how you didn't do anything else model related? Oh yeah, the last time <laughs> we talked, <laughs> I had big plans. I was going to go to Flight Fast, and I was going to go to the fly-in in Canandaigua. And Flight Fest, in both cases, it was kind of a similar story. It was two weekends in a row. I was ready to go to Flight Fest. I literally had my batteries charged. I had everything packed, ready to load in the morning. And I had been keeping tabs on reports on social media and friends that we had already out there sending me stuff back. And I knew it had been raining at Flight Fest on and off. And it was kind of muddy, but I was like, eh, I'm not worried about that. I can deal with some mud and maybe a little rain. And so I went to bed Friday night telling myself, no matter what, I'll get up and I'll drive there and I'll have fun either way. But then when I woke up at five in the morning on Saturday to throw everything in the car and hit the road, um, I had a message from Joshua Orchard. He said, man, we got ran down hard last night. And then a bunch of cars went through the roads and tore up all the paths. And it's a mess. Uh-huh. And then I looked at the forecast and it looked like it was going to rain most of the day. And I forget, there was another thing that kind of sealed the deal. And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for a better day. And then not long after I made that decision, I saw another post where they had, uh, uh, whatever the thing is, that you couldn't drive on the field anymore. They were preventing people from going out to the parking spots. You had to park off-site and then shuttle in, I guess, on a golf cart or something like that. And I'm thinking, no, I've got, I'm glad I didn't go at this point because I had just a few planes I was going to take. But with gear and planes, that would just not have worked out well. So I feel like I made the right decision, but I was still sad that I missed it. Oh, man. Yeah. So um, I was hoping to see you know Joshua Orchard and the Knees Godas and yeah. so many other people there. And yeah, I'll just have to wait till next year. Ah, curses spoiled by the weather. Yeah. So, what can you do? And so then the next weekend was supposed to be the Canandaigua uh, event. And can you remind same us thing. what that was? It's a local club, and it's the club that hosts the swap meet that I usually go to in winter. And then I also went to this Fun Fly last year. But it's a, a club out in the Finger Lakes region of western New York. And a really nice field and always a good crowd there and a very wide variety of models. But this year, because they did not have the winter swap meet, they were combining the swap meet with the fun fly. So I was super excited about that. And I had plans to go. And once again, I had batteries charged. I had planes staged and ready to load in the car in the morning. And then uh, Friday night, the event was on my daughter's birthday. And I was like, no big deal. I'll do this in the morning. We'll be home and we'll, we'll do birthday stuff in the afternoon and to the evening. And then that night, something changed, and we decided to do her birthday stuff for lunchtime. So I found myself discharging batteries in my workshop again. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, I was foiled again. 
I'm going to solder some NICADs. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that being said, I talked before about that discharger that I got, the 200-watt automatic discharger. Super handy. Hook it up, press the button, and go. So these, I was going to take my uh, Fock Wolf with a big five or six cell from E-Flight and uh, plug it in. No big deal. So it uh, discharges all that, and my two cells discharges fast. Speaking of Fock Wolf, you should note that your video went live today on it. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I didn't realize that. At the AMA web, uh, YouTube page? Yeah, so the... Review for that model is going to be out, I guess, in the next issue. And uh, it appears they have released the video a little bit early, which sometimes they do. Yeah, go check but, it out. Yeah, they didn't tell me, which is fine. So, yeah, go watch my video and tell me what I did wrong. And uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, flat uh, like my mother. <laughs> speaking of that, you know, the camera that I use a lot is that Insta360 Go, the little the one-ounce thing. Um, they have an Insta360 Go 2, an, an upgraded version that's mm. just very slightly bigger and a little bit heavier, but uh, has some features that I thought were missing in the first one. So I've got a review version of that in my hands, probably just on loan. But I've got that, and I'm hoping to try that out this weekend. Hmm. I'll let you know how it goes. So neat little camera. You got all the fancy camera rigs. Yeah, me too. Um, that's... I would say my weakness, but I have several weaknesses when it comes to RC. So that's one of my many weaknesses. And uh, I, that's all I can think of. So back to you, Fitz. All right. Well, I I don't have much either uh, other than uh, this coming weekend is uh, another Warbird flying coming up in Livingston. So I look forward to going to that. If you're in downtown Houston, where's Livingston? Uh, it's like northeast, right, Ray? Lee? Are you talking to me? You're the yeah. guy who might be going with you? <laughs> Northeast-ish, <laughs> right? It's it's northeast. Well, it's, it's really just north. It's uh, off of 59. North by northeast? Or they call it 69 now. They keep changing the names of the roads here. Uh, it's north. Yeah. <laughs> East north. of Conroe. It's to the north. Yeah. All right. So that's another Warbird-flavored thing? I think it's all Warbird, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, yes. They like them warbirds here in Texas. They do. They really do. They're the fighting state. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Although I'll be doing, uh, if all goes well, I'll be doing a, a quick flag tow in the morning at another event. My One of my club, the clubs I belong to, was having their own little fun fly. And they asked me to use the um, uh, shot cub to tow the American flag as opening ceremonies. Oh, cool. Do you have a flag rig already set up? Yeah, we put one on. He uh, had a little servo mechanism thing that I mounted to the plane, and then we test flew it mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And everything. So you take off with the flag stowed, and then that you release uh, it? Yeah, the flag is technically, it's on the ground, and it takes oh, off okay. with the, towing the flag, and then we release it in the air, and somebody catches it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And it was probably violating part of the flag code, but they try to do what they can. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of latitude when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. They don't want to... At least they're going to try to catch it so it doesn't fall on the ground, but... Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I'll bugger out up to Livingston and uh, fly out the rest of the day with those guys. Uh, we plan to have um, uh, a, a Solner meet 
Uh-huh. And Marine Solner, I'm going to bring mine, and another guy's bringing his, and and Larry's going to bring his. So it should be three of them there. To maybe we'll fly them in formation or something. Oh, like the Blue Angels. Yes. Brown angels, whatever. <laughs> the French <laughs> the angels. angels. The French angels. Wee oui, wee. Oui. The All Frenchies. Right, well, the Frenchies. <laughs> <laughs> the cheese squadron. Uh, but that's it for me. I, I, let's. Uh, we've been lollygagging around. I know Lee's been probably chopping at the bit to uh, uh, to uh, talk about his adventures. He did a thing. He did a thing and drove a thing and went to a thing. So without any further ado, Lee, take it away. But first, this commercial break. Oh, yeah, that too. Oshkosh. E-A-A. Oshkosh. Air Venture 2021. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> along with start six, to finish along right? with 600,000 other people and thousands of airplanes <laughs> but the said, only thing anybody really wants to know is did you see the movie I told you to go see I did not oh, <laughs> oh good are <laughs> you because even my family said there's no way we're staying up till 11 o'clock <laughs> oh my gosh it was it was a long time so I'm sorry I didn't see the movie we didn't see any movies but we kept very busy so yeah. I'm sorry, Terry. Did I let you down? I heard the hotel had pretty good movies. <laughs> you didn't watch the, those either? We kept the TV <laughs> off. We we came home and our faces hit the pillow. Then mm. we woke up at 6 a.m. <laughs> got, got ready to go back. All right. So, well, tell the story your way. I'll get uh, out of your I need, ear. I need some music. Uh, some good, upbeat music, though. Fits in the background, okay? Oh, okay. that's good. Right there. That sounds great. So, first off, I want to thank... Uh, all my fellow AMA employees who either helped plan the trip or attended it with me out there. Mark, Tony, Kenny, Jeff, Tyler, and anybody else I forgot. But uh, it was a good team effort out there with the AMA. And uh, we represented. How's that? We had good representation. We had four events that we assisted with. Uh, the Blue Barn, the Simulation Trailer, Flying at the Museum, and UAS for STEM. And I want to touch on each of them. So during this conversation, you are welcome to interrupt, Terry, and ask me questions. <laughs> Fitz, you oh, just sit back and gonna enjoy the show. <laughs> well, I hope I Fitz got my interrupt in button too. ready. <laughs> a little shot collar on me. <laughs> uh, Blue Barn. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll take it back even further. So long drive from Texas. By the way, I did 3,000 miles round trip with my Suburban. Knock on wood. Did very well. Uh, had two, had, we had three drivers going up there, so that went pretty quick. But it was just me coming back solo with my youngest, and uh, the valves and lifters stayed together. Everything, <laughs> oh my God. yeah, we could have a whole other podcast on GM's uh, failure to protect their engines. Uh, screwed it up, engineering poor design. But anyway, no, my Chevy did real well. My Suburban did real well. In fact, I got averaged around twenty-two miles per gallon. That gum, which That's is pretty way good for a big old hunk of steel. Yeah, well, that's way better than my old one, too. I think the best I could ever get out going downhill was 19 miles per gallon. So, well, so anyway. That, that battleship's pretty efficient. So far. <laughs> Again, I'm knocking, knocking a wood. So if you hear banging on the microphone, that's me crossing my fingers. Uh, so we got there Saturday, and 
went out on Sunday. Now, the official opening is Monday, so uh, most of the activities are are down. There's no air show on Sundays. A lot of people flying in, so if you like to just watch, that's always good. But it was great. My family, uh, we went out there, and we did a lot of walking on the first day just to get our bearings on where everything was went out to warbirds and saw some stuff coming in and ryan was my youngest was immediately just drawn at this b25 that was there so he got to go see one touch one and smell it (laughs) be one with the b25 and uh again we spent gosh i don't know seven eight, eight hours out there on sunday uh came back kind of prepared ourselves for the work week as it were and uh, my first work day was at the Blue Barn, which is a, uh, I, again, we say it's a barn, but it's a building that houses EAA chapter uh, member information, and it also works for Young Eagles. This is where Terry chimes in and says, Lee, what's a Young Eagle? I know, but what's a Young Eagle? Well, no, you tell, you share. Terry, what's a Young Eagle? Oh, I, I would have to make it up i don't know the what the full program is but in the context of the ama that's they're the aspiring young pilots that they um introduced to rc through the the model well actually young eagles is well young eagles is actually for full scale well right that when i said aspiring young pilots that's what i meant so again lee why don't you tell us what a young eagle is (laughs) <laughs> well, you just wanted me to sound dumb. No, I <laughs> walked right into that one. Just wanted to hear your pretty voice. Well, uh-huh. the the barn is actually there there for the EAA chapters and young eagles, but the AMA is working with EAA to develop a program by supplying EAA chapters with a an entire kit assembly kit of an aircraft and all the fixins, <laughs> you know, and dessert. Uh, for this chapter to get their young eagles to learn how to build and fly an aircraft. And again, without taking too much time, I want to get through this all pretty quickly. I know some people, especially those of you who are listening who attended AirVenture, which I hope you had as much fun as I did. Uh, this process, which is great, by the way, I, I got to tell you, I didn't know much about it. I had not seen it before, except for when we saw Vermilion and them building one at the expo. And we just saw some old guys building a plane, right? <laughs> so, that was That is all the impression I got. But it was great to listen to several of the members of chapters come up and chat with me about their kits that they purchased. And they had questions about, you know, certain building techniques. And it was fun to just hammer away with them about different ways of covering, you know, splitting up the build into several sections or stations so that, the, you know, if you had a lot of kids, you don't want eight kids all working on building the elevator because <laughs> <laughs> six kids are going to be twiddling their thumbs. So that worked out real well. I mean, a lot of people were asking good questions, taking notes and you know, learning more about the kit. We had a couple of people that were interested or they had worked with their chapter to budget for it. And I remember this one guy coming in and saying, you know, he budgeted a thousand dollars because that's how much he thought it was. But this actual package is only $500, which includes the SIG LT40 kit, all the glue, the sandpaper, knives, other trim tools, soldering iron, uh, iron for covering. I think it was three rolls of monocoat. And it also includes a vapor. I'm not sure if it was the night vapor or not. But transmitter, extra batteries, the entire electronic setup for this. It was 
I mean, for $500, it was a great deal. And I think many of the people, oh, by the way, also includes real flight. So that was another thing we mentioned is that you should have, if you have stations for these kids when they come in, you should have a couple of kids working on flying, understanding how the transmitter works. And then they can come back to building it. And I just want to say I had a really great experience hanging out at the Blue Barn and talking with the members of EAA who were there to work with their chapters. And I feel like this is a very good venture between the AMA and EAA. And I, I'll tell you something further down this conversation on, you know, a success story. And I, I hope we continue this. Uh, building the kit while you were there, that's kind of what I thought we were doing. I loaded my truck full of tools and other accessories thinking, God, if we're going to build this plane, I'm going to want my Dremel. <laughs> you know, I want, to, I want to have my soldering station because I know how to use it. You know, it's more comfortable for me. Yada, yada. We didn't need to do that. And I'm glad we didn't build it because, in fact, if I was building the plane, you know, showing people how to build it, I wouldn't have had these great conversations. So... Uh, in fact, one of the planes that another chapter built was already sitting there. So hmm. it was perfect to show the kit and then a finished plane. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking one of the goals was going to be to build and fly a new one over the week. That is what I thought. And the good news okay. is we opted not to do that and just told them about it, but right. encouraged those people who were there and they were going to do the build to come to the flying event over at the museum later. So in case anybody brought theirs, we could fly them. Right. It's like one of those cooking shows where they do all the prep work, but they've got a finished one already in the oven. Perfect. Just gonna, yeah. yeah. I'm going to pull that it. out. So that was the, the Julia part. Childs of RC. <laughs> <laughs> we I take the cadet out of the oven. <laughs> we the tenderize the wing. Lipo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think after I talked to some of the people, they may, you know, I felt like some people were on the fence about it, but once I explained to them and, you know, told them all the, I mean, just having the transmitter being able to have multiple aircraft, you know, model memories and so forth, uh, they were going, oh yeah, we could build more planes or buy more planes, yada, yada. So good, good job for EAA working or vice versa, AMA working with EAA and, and them working together. The joint effort, how's that? I think it's Mm -hmm. a great program. I hope. I can participate that, participate with them at other events, not necessarily just Air Venture. And I gave my business card to a lot of people because even though I'm just doing social media, I really want to follow up with a lot of those chapters to see how well they're doing. Yeah, and that's probably a key part of it to not just be there on that first day when they make the decision, but to know that you know, it's a partnership for the long haul. Yeah. I, I guess business cards are out because I did ask a lot of other people for business cards. And I, I didn't want to just, here's the thing. If you're walking around AirVenture, you don't want to sit and talk to this guy about a model airplane. <laughs> you want to go look at the other airplane. So I didn't want to take away from too much, you know, too much time from other people who were visiting. But I did get my card out. And I remember this one gentleman who gave me a lot of his time who was sharing photos of a build they were doing with these young kids, probably around 12 and 13, and it was great. I mean, it looked really, I don't know, you know knowing, knowing how that I've built with sticks and seeing these, these kids smiling, <laughs> you know, with their fingers not glued <laughs> to the, the balsa or plywood. It was a good feeling. It was like, oh my gosh, they're going to make it. <laughs> they're going to do good. <laughs> keep, right. keep going, buddy. So they weren't in the covering stage yet, but uh, that's, that's a photo I hope I get from that gentleman and I can share with others. Yeah. 
Right, cool. So that was Blue Barn. And then after Blue Barn, I think Tuesday was my day off. So do you want me to go chronologically or just do AMA stuff first? Uh, this is your story, man. Tell your truth. I'll do AMA stuff. Let's get the AMA stuff. So my next, my next position, <laughs> location to work, was the RC simulation trailer. And I think you guys have seen this before. It's, it's basically an AMA trailer that's got real flight simulator stations. Yeah, that thing's got some miles on it. It, it mm-hmm. uh, I think the truck that tows it has even more miles. Well, and I don't mean that to suggest that it's in bad shape. I just mean I've seen it at lots of events all around the country. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I think it looks okay. It, it did its job. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Again, uh, as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, that could be interpreted badly. That's not what I meant at all. Didn't they have it even at the California Expo? I think so. I think it was actually yeah. inside. Yeah. Yeah, so, so can you imagine hauling that all the way from Muncie? I've seen it at the East and West Expos, and they actually had it in Buffalo a couple of years ago when they had uh, drone racing here. And I'm sure I've seen it other places too, down in the South. So, well, yeah, they've I'll, got their money's worth out of that thing. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the entire time I was working the trailer, we had kids in that trailer flying. In fact, I showed up Wednesday morning. Uh, you know, I think I was on time, and there were two kids already waiting, going, where have y'all been? <laughs> we're ready to fly. <laughs> so, you know, we had to open up the trailer and get it all set up, but, you know, but they were eager to, to fly. I guess, you know, they're probably staying there, you know, either in the camping area or under a plane. But so, you know, Walmart it was on Black Friday, just storming <laughs> the doors? Uh, well, they didn't knock me down, but they, you know, <laughs> they were nice. But they, but they did take the TVs. <laughs> that where they went. <laughs> yeah. No, the uh, the sim trailer is great. You know, these obviously we had some people there who knew how to fly. They just you know wanted to show off, and that was fine. We we were entertained by some of their skills, and then some kids didn't know. But I'll tell you, it's nice to see the parents you know kneeling down, helping their kid, trying to learn how to use the transmitter, and you know some kids who just took to it amazingly well, being that was their first time. And thank goodness for that red button, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reset yeah repairs are cheap with that thing <laughs> exactly and and that was kind of the joke you know there's one kid was playing us like oh you crash it let's fix it real quick you know poop and he just got the biggest laugh out of that you know thought that was so cool and i told him i told his dad i said look it didn't cost you anything <laughs> it's so, bond but yeah that's that's always a fun place but not to mention inside the trailer where the flight simulator are we have a tent off to the side or a canopy tent and you know, I talked to other people. One guy, oh, wow, this was a good story. I didn't even write this down. But this one gentleman, his father was into U-Control. And he'd passed away many years ago. But he has his father's entire collection. He's got, you know, 50-plus award-winning control line aircraft. He mentioned his dad, uh, oh, my gosh, which the New York. Give me a city in New York where there's a lot of flying. Oh, God, it starts with an R. Rochester? Golly. Not Rochester? It, it, it probably is Rochester. For some reason, I'm just kind of drawing a blank. But Rhinebeck? He said, right, no, not Rhinebeck. Um, Rochester's only an hour from me. I get, and maybe it was Rochester, but he just had mentioned his father had a lot of trophies from control line flights. And we talked for a long time, and he then just kind of blurted out to me, he goes, can I get my dad's AMA number? <clears throat> I, thought, I, thought that, I mean, this guy was an older gentleman, and I just thought that was so cool that, you know, his father had passed on, but he's like, my dad had a four-digit AMA number. Can I get it? And I said, you bet you can. <laughs> I'll make that happen. 
And it was just neat for him to tell me these stories. I said, guy, I said, you're, you're telling me all this. I said, I'm dying to see photos. And of course, I handed him my card. I said, you know, please, you know, tell me more. Because I know that the curator of our museum, Michael Smith, he, he is always talking about wanting to get his hands on rare or early aircraft that had won at Nats. You know, so I, I'm wondering if this guy had ever entered into Nats. So. That was that was neat. So it's nice to have people just show up and they're they're AMA members and they just start talking with us. So again, it's called the simulation trailer, but is a lot of good conversations with people who are walking by. And this time, the trailer was in a different location than I was familiar with back in 2017. It used to be closer to the ultralight <clears throat> barn, but now it was like off the main road. So we had a lot of good walking traffic. Hmm, that's good. It's like the watering hole of Oshkosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there were better watering holes. <laughs> the RC watering hole? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like RC that. watering hole. And it was next to ultralight, so you got to see that stuff. Oh, fun. Okay, so now let's talk about some of the, the good stuff. The flying. The flying at the EAA Museum. So this RC goes back, flying. RC Museum. flying. So this goes back to actually Monday night, because... You know, it was every night between 7 and 9-ish or 8-ish because it got dark fast there. But they shut down the Pioneer runway for RC flying. It was, it worked out very well. I will say we had a really good system. We, in fact, probably need more staff there in the future because we just, we had so many people there. And I was talking to Tony Stillman and he said, you know, this is way more people than I remember. And when I was flying back in 2017, I mean, I think it was just five or six people who were flying when I was there. So oh, it was good. a really, really good turnout. Well, and help me understand the layout because I'm not familiar with Oshkosh. You said the pioneer runway, but what proximity is that to the main runway and all the other stuff going on? Like how big is the footprint <clears throat> of this event? Huge. I don't know how many miles it is, but just to jump to the end, we all were counting, well, at least my kids, my, my wife were counting how many steps they took with their little health apps. And Austin walked 48 miles. Wow. Over the week? Over the week. He wow. walked 48 miles. It's basically one side of an airport, a really big airport. Well, there's two main runways at Oshkosh, and then the Pioneer runway is right behind the museum, and it's a short grass strip. But they were giving Bell helicopter flights there. And, okay. and I hadn't mentioned this yet, but I'll just jump right to this. They had a Goodyear blimp on one end. In this case, (laughs) the West End. And so I'll just say this again. I wrote this down for future talk, but it's one of those uh, when you're flying and you're talking about the safety rules, you you don't often hear avoid the Goodyear blimp. (laughs) 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 Because not only was it based down the end, but it was flying. So it would often fly right over our heads, you know, at about Uh, 400 feet maybe. So, oh, wow. You know, we would tell people, you know, when, when the Goodyear blimp is flying, avoid the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> maybe, maybe come down a little bit. <laughs> that reminds me, was the Ford Trimotor flying this year? It was. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was, uh, not to mention the B-17. It wasn't aluminum overcast. I think it was uh, having service issues. And then the B-25, Berlin Express. So those three were giving flights, plus the Bell helicopters. Mm. And whatever flights were being given off at uh, the ultralight section. 
so back to flying, RC flying. Lots of fun. My kids were excited. They brought lots of planes. And I'll just jump through this list real quick. Uh, but H, H&H, Horizon Hobby had given AMA a couple of Aero Scouts. And this was the first I had flown one. I don't have one. I mean, I flew that mini Scout that you gave me, Fitz. But these are really good planes. And in fact, we trained a lot of beginners, people who wanted a demo flight, with these planes and by golly that safe mode worked real well for these newbies <laughs> and yeah, they seem to, to be very popular i would say so and plus i had a lot of blast flying in advanced mode you know just release the hounds and go at it <laughs> <laughs> so it's a four channel deal yeah four channel okay and relatively simple to put together in fact <laughs> a couple of days later after flying horizon threw down at our feet a couple of a couple of accidental <laughs> un, i say wretched refuse some yeah you know, unsellable aircraft at our feet and said here here's what can you do with them and <laughs> of course austin and i we just your little fingers were rolling together right. and little, yeah. little horns so uh we use spare parts and one of the ama's trainer plane someone had dorked the gear pretty bad broke the the nose gear and i just went at it i stripped all the gear off <laughs> and got my gaff tape out and yeah. no tools a, just rip <laughs> i well i think i used a phillips head to unscrew the collar from the servo but that was it yeah. everything else was teeth and <laughs> flathead <laughs> screwdriver right. um claws exactly uh but i'll tell you kyle can vouch for me kyle jarris when I after I finished modifying that Aero Scout by removing the gear, that was the most fun Aero Scout period. <laughs> it was so fast. You remember the uh, Twin Otter, right? You got to fly the Twin Otter, Terry. Oh yeah, yeah. Things yeah. a hot rod. Well, just imagine before and after. That's kind of how the Aero Scout was. I mean, it wasn't really? as fast as my Twin Otter, but you know, we could all tell it was performing much more aerobatically without the gear. Yeah, it and has. The gear on it seems to be larger than necessary, I guess probably for rookie pilots in mind. Oh, yeah. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that plane. It's, it, yeah. it's perfect the way it is, but remove the gear, folks, <laughs> if you got so, one. Will and, it slide and, on the belly for takeoff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. We were doing touch and goes. Well, we had the Petromat, so I don't, I think we did maybe a couple of high speed touch and goes off grass. So I'm not uh, sure hmm. it will taxi off, but, uh, or take <clears> off from <throat> grass. But anyway, we that was fun. Austin had a great time. We made repairs to one, and Austin was able to get an Aero Scout for himself to to fly around, which was which was a lot of fun. And you know, Ryan flew his plane. So as far as my family goes, we all got to fly our planes. I got to give demo flights with the Aero Scouts, and the uh, flight line was extremely busy. We had a couple of incidents. Uh, one guy had come out with some very large foam planes and had an LOS, so he landed in a tree. But for those of you who may not be familiar with Pioneer Runway or how this is laid out. Uh, EAA has a couple of static aircraft laid out. They had a C-47 across the way about, I don't know, 100 yards plus, and then a biplane, and then a lot of static planes off to our left right behind the museum. And one guy got way behind the flight line, and we were you know screaming at him, but I was like, man, <laughs> if he had lost orientation... And that thing kind of scooted off. He would have hit something. We had a midair near the biplane, and it thankfully landed in the grass. And then the guy with the big foam uh, F-22, I think it was, he was heading towards the C-47. But I guess I'll say this. Luckily, he hit the tree, <laughs> and it <laughs> stayed in the tree for a while. So it was 
I think he he retrieved it, but I think he was able to, you know, keep it from landing on. The, you got to be careful, folks. <laughs> and I'll tell you, some of the beginners did way better than some of the other people who came out there and was just, you know, thrashing up the sky, you know, like yeah. it was their own. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. So which, when people parked their full airplanes there, did they know that they were in a RC zone? No, this this location is way off the beaten path from where people fly in and park their aircraft. Okay. So it's not even close to other pilots. And there were gotcha. some people who came out and were surprised that we were flying. But as as I mentioned, you know, we had the the runway was closed to us until seven. And then we could we had it to ourselves from seven to nine, which really gave us just about an hour, hour and a half because it got like I said, got dark. But here is the uh, the happy story. We talked earlier about the Blue Barn and how chapters are you know building these SIG LT40s. I think it was Friday. I guess it was Friday. We were out there, and I was introduced to a young young eagle, and she and her mom had finished this LT-40. And really? they had only flown it once, or as she put it, I, it flew once, it landed badly second. <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted to fly it there. And there were a lot of friends and family with her, and they had asked me if I would, well, actually, they asked Tony if he would fly it for them. So I was just watching. And Wait, did it have a glow engine on it or electric? No, these are all electric. You okay. can only fly electric there at the uh, flying event. Okay. And the problem is the prop clearance from on this plane was like half an inch from the the nose wheel. And with the Petromat, we just we weren't able to get the plane to take off. It was just kept hit rubbing. So Tony comes up to me and hands me the transmitter. He goes, "Hey, can you fly this if I hand launch it?" <laughs> and it's like, you know me, kind of like with the uh, what was the name of that EDF I had. I, the, I evader? Her, the evader you know it's like I, didn't, I wasn't scared I said sure so we had this you know huge LT40 Tony you know gave me a hand launch I flew it and we got it in the air and you know the people her family her friends were like you know excited we were flying and then the transmitter alarm went off <laughs> I was uh, like oh what? the bat- little battery goes, alarm I just charged the batteries well she didn't change the transmitter battery so I'm getting a four point like six volt warning on the transmitter and it's dropping and so i made my, i make my turn and land but you know it's the original batteries for that transmitter was, you know, so we changed them out felt much better <laughs> you know probably, probably should have checked that and uh, we went again and flew and i gave her the transmitter and you know she was you know doing it was good everybody was applauding it flew great this plane looked good too i mean there were going to be tons of pilots you know if they see the photos the quality of this build is excellent and the covering as well. It's really good. And we had a great time flying together. And I landed it for her because we were it was getting pretty dark. And so it was starting to silhouette. And, uh, you know, landed it. And we got some pictures with them. And I've posted them on our social media. But that is a good success story. The fact that they, you know, worked with their chapter, built the plane, brought it to Air Venture, and got to fly it. That's really nice. So, so they were complete newbies, it sounds like? Yeah. I mean, she had flown it with... A person, I don't remember where they were, where their chapter was, but they had gone to an RC club to fly it. Oh, okay. So she had one flight on it, but they wanted to fly it there at Air Venture. They wanted that success story. So, anyway, good stuff at the flying event. Really, really had a good time. We had chargers for everybody, um, you know, help people out. I mean, I remember this one guy goes, anybody have a bind plug? And, you know, and I happened <laughs> to have it in my pocket. <laughs> so it was like, yes. <laughs> so, you know, again, good stuff for everybody. And what else? There was something else I had to give. Oh, my CA story. Remember how I had that bottle of CA bust in my truck? 
Oh, yeah, and you ruined the floor mat or something. Yeah, right? well, it did was it that, again. What, when did that happen before? On the way back from some event, right? Yeah, I can't remember. Well, I was just going to say, that darn, that CA stuff does not like to get warm because it popped the lid off again and CA'd some stuff inside a box. It didn't, it wasn't as bad as the floor, but man, I'm going to have to start putting them in a, a, a safe. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I digress. That's a side story. Uh, yeah. So the last uh, AMA, oops, sorry. I just bumped my mic. The last AMA event was UAS for STEM. So Kyle Jarris, the education director for the AMA, was hosting this STEM event, and this was the final. They had seven high school groups show up, and this was a search and rescue uh, event, I guess. And I think I touched on it. Did you all want me to give you more details on this, how it worked? Uh, Yeah, sure. So these seven high schools were given supplies for building their own drone with autonomy. And I think they all were given the same amount of parts. If And I might have Kyle correct me, but I think they were all given the same amount of parts, given some leeway to add additional parts. You know, I don't, I don't have the rule book in front of me, but pretty much they all started with the same equipment. And so the procedure was they were given one flight to go around. And by the way, it was kind of neat where we were camped, where they, where they put us was near this berm where a storage facility was uh, like a little barn with some you know, trailers and stuff. So you took off and went behind this berm and then you couldn't see it. So you had to rely on your cameras and they were to fly at these coordinates, identify spots, program them in and then come back and land and then have it autonomously go back to those locations to grab like letters or information. And then the third flight, they had to install these little water balloons that were different colors for each team. And they would fly their drone autonomously back to these targets and drop them. And the search and rescue idea was you go there the first time to see where the people are and you come back and you get your survival gear or whatever and you drop it off to them. And it was it was really cool. I think of the teams, five of the seven teams were able to get you know their drones to do all the autonomous work. Two of the teams had equipment failures, unfortunately. It happens, but I'll tell you the the group that won their team was called some assembly required. Yeah. You, <laughs> the moment their their drone took off, it was just so stable, and I was going, "Wow, that thing is just not moving. It's not wobbling." And I I turned to one of their mentors. I said, "This is the best flying quad I've seen." He goes, "Well, we bought brand new props." <laughs> I was like, "That's got to be the trick, you know. You got to tell everybody in the future. Here's a hint: check your props <laughs> before you fly, because it was really good. And I think for me, the best part was we got to go on the other side of the berm when they dropped the water balloons to actually get photos and video, which I I got for a future video we'll produce. And that team nailed the target. It's just really cool, you know, because of all the other teams, they got close, but this was the team that nailed it. So, I mean, they they won this contest, rightly so. And, you know, congratulations to them. Uh, but then to wrap this up, because it's it's a long it's a long great story. I feel great for these teams. I have I posted a lot a lot a lot of photos on AMA's Instagram page. So AMA Model Aviation, if you guys are out there on Instagram, please go look at it. In our stories section, I have a UAS for STEM gallery, so you can go through all the Instagram stories I posted for them. But I thought what the coolest part was, and I posted the photo today. Don't know if you guys saw the AMA post. 
but the EAA gave us access to the center show taxiway. You know, we got to go behind the velvet ropes and sit there on the tarmac and get us get this great photo op behind the tail of the C forty seven. And it was so, neat, you know. So the bribe paid off, huh? The bribe paid off. <laughs> but it's just the only one doing favors around here. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was neat that they, you know, gave these kids plus their parents and mentors the opportunity to, to go over there. And during the show, not only did we get that photo, but they all the announced with the announcer the awards f- for you know first, second, and third place. You know, during the air show. Oh, just, cool. So really really cool and from what i heard the ea is looking forward to us doing it again next year and kyle's wanting to really put an international spin on it kind of like the sae event mm. so so the I, ea is looking to work with ama and some stuff. oh absolutely but i'm saying at first they were kind of hesitant about doing the drone activity during normal flight times yeah, at the airport yeah. and we got permission and it worked out great but i think it went so smoothly they were very impressed and as far as I heard, I mean, we were guaranteed a spot next year. And I'm just hoping we can add more high schools to join in. It was a lot of fun. And they, they, they worked really hard. In fact, I want to compliment some of the teams that were just so good at communicating with each other. Everybody was given a task. You know, there were some students, I guess you'd say, who were just in charge of installing the battery. And they had their little checklist and they, you know, went through it, you know, line by line, made sure everything was done using safety glasses, you know, making sure the area was cleared. I, I congratulated one team who put their drone in the grass and then took the time to like pull grass away from the, the drone just to make sure it wouldn't get caught up. I mean, just good thinking. And that's the kind of, <laughs> those are the kind of people you want working on drone delivery programs, right? You were trying to make sure it's as safe as possible. So, anyway, that was my uh, my AMA experience. I had a, a great time working with them, and I I hope that those who met with us or flew with us uh, will have a, a new appreciation for the AMA's efforts to you know keep the passion of model aviation there. Again, that's our our wonderful buddy Chad Boudreaux. You know that guy. <laughs> I think he works for the AMA. <laughs> <laughs> Chad said it best. You know the EAA and the AMA. They're the two ambassadors for aviation, you know, for full scale and model. And I think it was a wonderful joint effort that we put on. Yeah, I'm glad the flying stuff especially, I'm glad that was successful. Oh, yeah, we had a blast. We just need to teach a couple of people to remember the pattern. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, good luck with that. That's a problem even for adults at normal flying fields. Yeah. So while I was there, I ran into somebody. Yeah. Uh huh. On purpose. <laughs> well, he ran into me. <laughs> can I? Can I share more? I wish you would. Well, let's listen to this interview I did while I was there at Oshkosh. Hi guys, Lee Ray here from the RC Roundtable Podcast, hanging out at uh, EAA Oshkosh Air Venture 2021. Thank goodness it's back. We're about I don't know a hundred feet from the front line ready for fireworks but hey someone just showed up here so who is my guest today phil hinkle hey phil hinkle he was with me here at oshkosh 2017 we had a couple of photos we've been at a p51 right yeah yeah so we need to go back and do another p51 show the p38 
Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, man, and yesterday I missed seeing it fly over. We were so busy trying to park the car. But today, man, were you around to see it? Sort of. Last night we decided to leave early because the rain was coming, and we just wanted to beat the crowd, go home, take a shower, and go get something to eat and, sit and have a chill night. So we're in the parking lot when they do the Heritage flight. And it literally came right over our heads at like 100 feet. And it was better than watching it from out here. So we got this, and it came over twice. And the second time I managed to grab a picture of it, oh. which I probably posted on my time. Well, that was me yesterday. I was stuck in the parking lot. My, my family was up here in the flight line, but you know, I saw them, I was about to cry. I was saying a couple of words and I think I'm, you know, I'm texted Terry a couple of my, my frustrations, but today was a good day. I'm near center line. I got some great shots of them flying over, but hey, tell me about your day here or your, actually your week here at Oshkosh. Well, it's been a busy one, very exhausting and humid as you, well, you're probably used to it. You're from Texas. Well, yeah, this, but, earlier uh, this week was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. And, um, but we've had fun. The first day we were just kind of chilling out and we were still really exhausted. So we didn't do much of anything the first day. We sat down a lot and just <laughs> did nothing, which was awesome because it's my vacation. And then on Tuesday, we kind of roamed around and saw a few things we liked. Wednesday, we dedicated to the Warbirds. We took the Warbird tram tour, which is always good. Um, saw some really cool stuff. There was a few over there I'd never seen, like the Bronco, the P-38. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, they have, a, well, I think it was a Hawker Hurricane and a Sea Fury, which yes. I don't know that I've seen before. So I took pictures of those. And I'm not doing the picture video like I used to because I'm just kind of stepped back from that just to live in the moment and not behind the camera. But I'm really only taking pictures of things I haven't seen before or posted about it. And then today we were down in my favorite spot, the Ultralights Fun Fly Zone. And I managed to score a ride on an ultralight. I had to tip the pilot like $40, but it was fun. I used to build ultralights when I was first married in the 80s, and I got to fly one a little bit. But this was the one with like a big hang glider wing with a module under it. And I'd always wanted to see what those were like, and it was it was quite fun. So it was worth the few dollars spent on it. So had a good time. I have no idea what we're going to do tomorrow because we've done everything we want to do. I think we're going to go live in Boeing Square and see all the military stuff that flew in today. Hey, you, you well, since you're here, did you happen to see the 747 come in? Uh, no, we were doing something else when it came in. We saw it go by. Uh, well, the uh, UPS new 747 came in. My son is a huge fan. And, boy, that thing is beautiful. I mean, that, that paint job is immaculate. And I don't even think it's had a, a, a cargo delivery yet. I think it's just been rolled off the line or, you know, refurbished for cargo. It's 20 hours since it was, re it's, what, 20? 20 days since it was recertified or something so it's like brand new yeah. but I, I grew up around the airlines my dad worked for the airline I've flown all over the world I've been in 747 so it's like that's eh, just an airliner it's not a big deal to me the military stuff that's kind of cool but a lot of the big airliners they don't I, I like watching them take off because they're fun but it's like eh, if I don't tour it no big deal to me because I grew up around those and I've been in a lot of them so it's those aren't my 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 avenue to go down. It's just a 747. It's just a you know it's just it's, yeah it's just a seven. They're still fun to walk by though. One other fun thing I did is I did go to the RC flying Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. I had a good time. I took my Timber Fox, which is an old original E-flight Timber, and over the winter I wanted a project and I'd never painted a plane, so I painted it looked like the Freedom Fox. So it has been named the Timber Fox, and it got a lot of attention. A lot of people liked it, and I had I needed an adapter that I told you about. I found a guy at the flight line there that had one. He loaned it to me after my flight. He was gone. So whoever you were, if you're listening to this, thank you for the like dollar <laughs> fifty adapter that you gave me. Ryan, are you having a good time? 
Yes, it is very fun here. <laughs> it's like a robot. Yes, it is very fun here. I'm having a good time. Uh, what is your favorite plane so far? B-25 Mitchell. And why is that? It was part of the Doolittle Raid. It's a twin engine and had a very good, was a turning part in the war. And did you see one this week? I flew in one. No. Which, which one? The Berlin Express. And was that a fun ride? Best experience in my life. So tell all the listeners out there, is it worth their money to go inside a B-25 and fly at Oshkosh? It is definitely worth it, 110%. Okay, that was my EAA commercial, my little commercial spot there. My wife, my <laughs> wife keeps telling me, I'll buy you a ride on the B-25. It's only, what, 249 or 299 It's more than <laughs> a little that. A little higher, yeah. Oh, she, well, she said, you should do it, you should do it. And it's like, dear, for that much money, I can buy a new plane. <laughs> Priorities here. <laughs> but I figured $40 for an ultralight ride today was worth every penny. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, in fact, my oldest, so who knows, he, we haven't seen him for so long, he could be in line over there and, and trying to get a ride. What you do is you go over there with your kids and sit them in front of you down in the bleachers on the front row and make them look really young. Because today there was three guys with, like, the lawnmower from uh, Flying Cowboys, and there was a nice kit. Fo- there were three stole planes that were taking whatever kid wanted to ride for a ride for free so all you had to do was look young and look interested and the lady would come by on her motorcycle and say would you like to go for a ride in a plane and it's like heck yeah and it's like you won't ask me i'm just a big kid but you know i had to go pay for mine well uh philip it's so good to see you thank you for finding me when I mean, you and i have been just playing text tag this <laughs> entire time all right guys well thank you so much and uh thank you for listening and I will tell you i'm so glad i came here with my family my wife is just nodding and staring you want to have any words wife before i it's been a nice time. Oh, there we go. All right. See y'all later. <laughs> it was good to see Phil out there. We had a lot of fun hanging out. And thanks, Phil, for coming to find me because we were chatting with each other on our, our phones, but we just could never find a spot to meet. So he found me out in the field of many. <laughs> was 600,000. <laughs> and uh, a needle in a stack of needles. <laughs> exactly. I guess it was my shiny bald head that stuck out to him. Uh, but that was good. I did miss seeing David Hart, though. And I would have liked to have talked with him. Boy, did he share some incredible photos. I posted them on RC Roundtable. Yeah, I'm surprised you missed him. I would have thought you would have. Yeah, it's funny. You guys are both posting social media stuff. And it looked like, based on the photo he would post and one you would post, that you guys were in the same zip code. But, uh, yeah, you should have got on the PA. Well, we were. David Hart, get to the blue phone. David Hart, get to the blue phone. No, he was too busy. But you know what? He wasn't <clears throat> photographing are the spinners of Oshkosh. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I, I hope you guys got a chance to see that. Did you see it, Fitz? Spinners? My, my post on Instagram? Oh, you missed it. No, I missed it. So go on Instagram, AMA Model Aviation, and go look at my post called The Spinners of Oshkosh. I think that got the most hits than anything else I posted, (laughs) which is crazy to me. But I just, we were in the uh, acrobatic, aerobatic section uh, near the runway, and I just was going down the line taking pictures of these spinners, and it was colorful. (laughs) They were kind of cool. So there you go. I didn't do uh, trim tabs this time. I did spinners, (laughs) spinners of Oshkosh. (laughs) Hmm. And I did Spinners of Oshkosh with my loop, my new lens. Did I mention I was buying the new lens before I left? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you said that on the show, but yeah. Say it again for all the shutterbugs out there. Oh, I, I've been wanting one for some time, and I think I told Terry, but I was listening to a recording I made from last Oshkosh that said, you've got to get a better lens. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I listened to that voice of mine, and I picked up the uh, Canon 100-400mm to lens, L lens. Thank you. 
That's the only way to go. As Phil said, the red stripe lens. And boy, that was a great lens. In fact, gosh, you know, I, I got it for myself, but I also got it because I knew Ryan would use it. And boy, did he. Did you guys see that picture of the YouTube he took? Yes. And I was complimenting you on it, and you told me that Ryan took it. Yeah. Man, I can't. Yeah, was good. I'm, he, he's taken to it, and I'm glad. It makes me very happy. So it was a good investment. It's an investment into the future. So hopefully when I'm flying, he will get shots of my airplane this time because <laughs> nobody else does. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. Uh, I feel your pain. <laughs> and speaking of Ryan, uh, going, <coughs> going way back to Tuesday, uh, Ryan and I got to fly in Berlin Express. I had mentioned that on the previous podcast. I bought him a flight. A lot of fun. It's a long story. I'll probably just tell you if you want to go see the video he made, he's on YouTube. One of his birthday presents was getting a YouTube channel. So go look up my son's channel, <laughs> Cody Cat 9. That's what you got him for his birthday. Uh, well, the plane ride, but he asked for the channel because Austin's got one. And yeah. we've seen some of Austin's work. But yeah. he <clears throat> put a little video together while we were there of our flight, a B-25 flight. Oh, and nice. it's really good. So, so Berlin Express is a B-25. Never saw combat. Combat. I said okay. combat. Uh, very nice plane. A lot of fun. Tight fitting. <laughs> bumpy. Loud. <laughs> all that you <laughs> imagined how wonderful it would be. So that same day that you flew, I was talking with our buddy Adam Drain. And he was suggesting that the B-25 is louder than the B-17. He's absolutely right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, no Something kidding. with two engines is louder than one with four engines. Well, maybe you're right there between them. Man, the, it was so loud in the nose of that plane. It was it was deafening. It was not, no kidding. You're absolutely correct. Oh. All right. Interesting but, data point. Yeah. Great flight. I, I can go on and on, but I'll just tell you, we got to go in it. Big smiles. Took forever to wipe the smile off his face, and he was very <laughs> grateful. I remember him giving me a hug when we got out of the uh, cockpit. So, so, um, so you said it was loud in the nose, suggesting you got some footage or photos in flight from the nose. Oh yeah, you did. <clears throat> I thought I posted some, but if not, I'll add more. Yeah. Yeah. I took my camera with me. All right. Cool. Uh, Austin, he wanted to see a 747 and he got his wish on Tuesday while we were in line to go ride our B-25, the brand new UPS 747 cargo aircraft came in. I have photos of that. Don't know if I posted those on Raviation. You can check. But Austin got to see it land. He got video. Uh, he got to go inside of it. And it's huge. And it's, I, I'm going to tell you, it's beautiful. That paint job, like brand new, right out of the right out of the paint booth. So uh, really, really nice. Uh, of course, he would have loved to have taken a ride. They weren't giving any, <laughs> unless he packaged himself. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel bad, but we were surprised. We were hoping to get it taking off, and we were given a time from somebody, but that time was wrong. So uh, we were running out there trying to get it, and then we see the 747 leave the airspace. So sorry, Austin. But he did get to see it and walk in it, so that's good. And I I didn't even have to buy this. This is the best part. Uh, Maybe Cindy bought it. (laughs) But the boys wanted one of the helicopter rides. (laughs) So they got one. Oh, they did? What kind of helicopter? The Bell helicopter. Uh, Bell makes a lot of helicopters. <laughs> what kind of Bell helicopter? Well, the mash copter, whatever the darn mash copter. Oh, uh, forty-seven. Forty-seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The that that one. Yeah. They had like five flying at, at the same time, so they were very busy. But they yeah, could, the boys. Did they took ride that a little? They, 
Did they write in a little pods, like in MASH? Little... <laughs> no, not the medical pods. Yeah. Looking straight up. <laughs> the most boring helicopter ride ever. I don't um, know if that would be boring. <laughs> uh, just looking at the blades. So, no, um, they, they got to do that. Um, and you know what? I can't believe I've taken this long to say this, but finally there was a P-38 there. <laughs> so uh, I got to see uh, SCAT-3. And Ryan and I uh, walked by it on Tuesday morning on our way to the B-25. So we took lots of photos there. I missed the first flight that it flew because we were trying to find a parking space. But on Thursday, uh, we got a good spot to watch the fireworks. And I got some great shots of the P-38 flying and doing the uh, heritage flight. So that was good. Uh, So we got the P-38, B-25, 747, the U-2. Did I say that already? Uh, Bally's bomber, the B seventeen, the third scale B seventeen. Yeah. So it did a demo. I didn't see a demo flight. Okay. Um, I don't know if they did or not. Um, I, you know, I was working at some places, but all I have are the static photos I took of it on the ground near the arch. Really cool. I got a lot of comments. I think it was posted on the AMA page. So you know, a lot of RCers were loving it. Um, and I've always liked the Franklin Air Show, little you know, drunk pilot show. Oh, man, right. that, yeah. man, that guy's good. A flying farmer kind of thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That guy is awesome. And Ryan is funny because Ryan goes, I want him to be my pilot. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's a great show. It's so entertaining. And uh, I think Phil was t- teasing me or taunting me about 337s. Uh, I think I saw about four to five Skymasters out there. Oh, wow. So that was good. All right. So finally, uh, Terry, I, I don't think we mentioned this in the podcast. I think we talked about this uh, offline or earlier before we started. But this was the funny thing. <laughs> just, um, we go to a place called the Fly Market. It's basically a flea market, but they call it the Fly Market. And there was usually some really good uh, gifts in that area. I was looking for a hat. Uh, they used to have a really good hat and T-shirt vendor out there. I didn't see them this year. But we go by this old parts tent just beat up props and stuff and just old electronics and we walk by and austin goes oh i want to go look at that i said okay well we're gonna go look at these rvs (laughs) we're looking at these half a million half a million dollar rvs next to this booth we come back and austin's handing this lady money (laughs) when you say rv you mean recreational vehicles not oh yeah oh i'm so sorry thank you yeah you heard oshkosh like rvs rvs are that expensive yeah there are rvs there too yes tons of (laughs) rvs there by the way Land, RB, land-based uh, RVs. beef, what? <laughs> well, there's uh, no, RV6s, the RV4s, Who's hungry? <clears throat> <laughs> so I see him handing over money to this guy. I wonder what he's buying. Austin buys a like an old Cessna dash clock. <laughs> Just... I don't, I'm not going to tell you how much he paid. He paid too much. <laughs> but he got into this gadget mode, and he saw this Cessna clock. And he goes, I want that clock. So it's not yes, like sir. an instrument out of an airplane. It's just a Cessna themed. No, it's an instrument. Okay. Out of the plane. He okay. actually has a Cessna branded clock from an aircraft because well, that's, that's what they cool. said. Well, okay. You say that's cool. I mean, I'm like, why, why did you spend that much money <laughs> on a clock when you need pants and underwear for school? <laughs> why do you need that? But yesterday, I mean, my son's got ADD. <clears throat> he goes in that workshop Five hours later, he comes back and it's working. And he's got a 3D printed <laughs> mount for it. Oh, cool. So I guess it's DC powered. Uh, was it around it, 12 volts? 
What are airplane electrical systems? This is where I would like, I would love to have someone comment uh, when this podcast comes out. I don't know how this thing works, but he told me that it's it's supplied with 12 volts DC, but there's a mechanism inside that actually like winds the clock. So the 12 volts is just to keep the winder tight because if you remove it, it still ticks. And it's not a capacitor. He said it wasn't a it wasn't a capacitor driven device. It's some mechanical some device, mechanical like a winding thing. device. So I'm just telling you, he <laughs> we we desoldered stuff and got some other wirings, and he got it working. And he's 3D printing a little mount for it. Anyway, there you go. I just think <laughs> that's he's, my son. He's 3D printing a Cessna <laughs> to go around it. <laughs> that's it. You buy the clock, you build a plate around it. Ten four. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, I think it is a neat item. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't buy like a spinner. <laughs> a big propeller. Because they had some big spinners and, and some questionable propellers. Yes, there were some propellers there that definitely had been run on the ground a couple of times. So does um, it keep good time? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm nodding. I'm saying that's, oh. that's interesting. I'm, anyway, you okay. made me think about it. And that's why I told you. Uh, and then finally to wrap this whole thing up and thank you guys for listening this far. I really do like it. I hope all of you get a chance who have not made it to EAA Oshkosh Air Venture, uh, please do so in your lifetime. Put it on your bucket list. It is amazing. My wife survived. <laughs> she, it was tough. One time it was really tough. We were walking forever, and I thought we were just all going to die. But we made it, and she came back home saying it was worth the trip, and I really appreciate that. So I have a lot of, lot of thanks to my wife and my kids for you know making it work. You know They volunteered. They helped out. We talked to a lot of people and uh, it's, you know, I've, I'm not a pilot and that's kind of interesting because everybody you typically see there is a pilot flying in to get more information about, you know, flying real airplanes, but it's also a place for those who are aviation enthusiasts. So it's not just for the private pilots, it's for everyone. And it really was a great time. So thank you for listening to my story. I'm sure I had this long story at the 2017 podcast <laughs> and then wait for next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to speed up the audio <laughs> so that was everything that that is Oshkosh in a nutshell oh no that's that's the briefest summary I can give you okay I'll, and and then to say I finally downloaded everything off my cards I've actually used everything on an external drive so I finally got it back to my system I'll start publishing video and more pics as soon as I can I'll probably put it on my Raviation page and then share it back to RC Roundtable People can check out our fans only page for more Oshkosh stories and and <laughs> tasteful nudes. Those nude RVs. <laughs> Mild aviation themed erotica. <clears throat> there are some questionable paint jobs on planes out there. Just wanted to let you guys know. What, like nose art type things? Oh, just th- there was one plane that was, I think, like baby blue and had a purple dragon on it. <laughs> just saying <laughs> is that a euphemism uh maybe <laughs> i don't know just hey, you got your purple you know, dragon right here come on guys yeah. just ch- choose your paint scheme wisely turns your prop man <laughs> uh, okay all right so um highlight of the week you got to pick one you can't cheat on this you got to pick one and it can't be the p38 Oh, the <laughs> damn Fitz. <laughs> well, before Fitz said that, I was going to say there's a song called We Remember that they play during Heritage Flight. 
And for those of you who've been to AirVenture, they've played it before. It's a great song. It makes you feel very patriotic. It makes you want to salute. Uh, but they you know, usually fly some warbirds or a modern aircraft. In this case, they were flying a P-51, the P-38, and an F-16. And hmm. just listening to that song and watching them fly, you just I just felt like I was not taking pictures, but just staring in awe. That's really oh, cool. That's... And probably for 2017, Fitz, kind of on the same thing, when they flew the B-29s. You, know, well, you yeah. had Fifi and Doc. Were they there? Not there this year. No, no, there was no B twenty nine this year. Uh, so what else? Uh, if I can't say the P thirty eight, well, then it's going to have to be the B twenty five flight with myself. Right. Okay, yeah, that that seems legit. Now I will mention that a lot of other people said that the fireworks were spectacular. You know, I wrote that down. I just to thank my family, but I would add that um, hmm. they said this was the best fireworks display they'd ever seen. Really. At Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's massive. Wow. Yeah, and Dave Hart got some really good fireworks photos. And interestingly, I noticed in some of his fireworks photos, they have people which seem to be sitting on an F-18, as if that's an okay thing to do. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not saying it isn't. I don't know, but I, I was surprised. That odd, yeah. People who appear to be civilians just sitting on an F-18, watching the fireworks. Okay. I doubt that. So if anybody knows a backstory on that, or if I'm wrong, set me straight. There's a mock-up? I don't think so. Well, how do I... Uh, first off, I'm going to go back to David. Damn it, David. Huh? <laughs> I took night photos too, but I got to tell you, and you, you guys are photographers, I had my ISO up to like 12,000. Oh, jeez. <laughs> trying to get the light in for that. Holy you great, know, I had Batman. My, you know, I had my lens all the way open. So, mm-hmm. I, and I, unfortunately, I was shooting, I had to shoot five, uh, F5.6 because of that lens. But, golly, I, it's amazing how those photos turned out. It's, you know, I bow down before Dave. It's great work, man. It's just awesome. I feel like I had a couple of good photos. <laughs> and damn it, Ryan, you know, he, he's trumped me with that U2. I didn't have my camera. <laughs> he had the camera for the U2 plate, so I couldn't take any. Um, but, you got to uh, open up that low end needle valve a little bit. But you know what? Uh, besides David Hart, which who did a great job, I actually met this guy named Jeremy Gonzalez. And he came out to the RC Flying event with, uh, I guess he was with a couple of their friends, but he's from Texas. He, it says here he's uh, Dallas-Fort Worth based. Hmm. And he came up to me and said, hey, I took some photos of your RC stuff. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. And I handed him a business card. I said, I'd love, to, love for you to share with me. He goes, hey, some of these people asked if I could sell them the photos. I said, go at it, man. Have, have fun. And then that, that's when I met him. Like, I think it was Monday night. And then I went ahead and followed him on Instagram. And guys, EAA is eating his photos up too. So if you are on Instagram, go to TX Aviation Images and check out this guy's work, Jeremy, Jeremy Gonzalez. He has got some really good stuff. He and David Hart, you know, they could, they could do a lot of good business together. <laughs> it's great stuff. So if you want to see some more highlights from uh, Oshkosh, some great photos, go check them out. Uh, yeah, we'll put a link on the page and stuff. Yeah. All right. So now is that everything? What was your favorite meal you had at Oshkosh? <laughs> didn't you have some giant donuts or something or yeah. sweet rolls? We, the we first didn't. Time? We didn't do the sweet rolls this time, but we did do the A and W root beer float, Ooh, and I have okay. not had one in years, and it was yummy. Oh, huh, all right. So that would be good. 
we were actually pretty good about what we ate. We didn't, you know, chow down heavily. So we right. <laughs> we were working. They wouldn't let us eat. <laughs> Bread and water. Bread and water. But A&W is a huge restaurant up there, or a restaurant chain. Um, so they had several booths. But, yeah, that was good. Oh, nice. Uh, right. I think, what was it? Uh, Ryan was eating ice cream all the time. <laughs> oh, and you know what I want to be thankful for? <laughs> I wrote this down. It says, thank God for EAA parking passes. Because... Uh, Aaron Dobbs, who helped coordinate all our travel arrangements with EAA, you know, got us parking passes for those who were driving and bringing their own vehicles. Man, that that sucker right there saved me miles of walking because I was able to park in some spots that only other people drool at. I could, you know, not on the tarmac, not that close, not where <laughs> you know, a golf cart couldn't get in. But for those people who were parked at the museum and had to walk to the entrance, those poor saps, <laughs> uh, we had great parking. So, <laughs> hey, well, that's the perk of working at the air show, I guess. It is. <laughs> and having a golf cart. We had a golf cart, EAA. Oh, Sinus, dead gum. Saying the yeah. EAA went golf cart, and we got to drive that sucker around. In fact, this is great. <laughs> they tell they tell you to be social. They tell you to be nice. So if you're driving your golf cart and someone asks for a ride, you're supposed to give it to them. And we, Ryan and I went to go get ice cream. We gave two people <laughs> rides around and they just tapped us like, hey can you take me down this way I said sure and Ryan was like laughing he thought it was hilarious he's like they didn't even tip us <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah I mean lots of you know gosh it's just camaraderie man happy yeah. times yeah that's cool I'm glad so, you were able to do it so can the three of us go next year uh, I don't know maybe we might be closer Terry uh, I will be yeah I'll, I'll get you in Terry you know a guy? I'll get your papers. Is <laughs> <laughs> the papers, please? Right. Well, are you planning to go back, Lee? I hope so. I will just tell you that we're planning a Europe trip next year mm-hmm. via Austin oh. School. A what trip? He, we had we had done this before when we went on a Boston trip. So it's the same lady, uh, like history teacher. She likes to do these trips, and she finds tour groups that do it. So. Uh, Austin <laughs> reeled us in on this European trip. So we're supposed to go next year. So I don't know uh, off the top of my head what it is. Oh, I'm just hoping it doesn't conflict. Do you know what countries? Uh, England and France. Oh, cool. Look, Ed, Parliament. Big Ben. Look at Big Ben. Yeah, it's one of those, like, you get into a car and they just say, look there, look there, look there. Okay, this is our hotel. <laughs> see you at 6 so, in the morning. <laughs> so you decided to see Europe with a bunch of high schoolers. Uh, it's a small group, so okay, not not a huge group, not five hundred right. people. I'm questioning your sanity, but I I have faith in you. Well, hey, you. well, I mean, ask, well, obviously, I know Fitz has been, but have you been to Europe? I have. Uh, yeah, I went there for my honeymoon. We did a three week uh, round robin, uh, rented a car, and drove around. And then uh, a couple years ago, three years ago, we went to Scotland. If that counts, that's your right? And yeah. Also, we rented a car and drove around. Okay. So I our, never... that was my first experience with a right-hand drive car on opposite side of the road. And we probably <laughs> talked about that. But I lived to tell about it. So did all the Scots. So not, not that there weren't some close calls. Now there's a photo of you up, though. <laughs> right. Beware. Yeah, wanted. Yeah, every, every post office in Scotland. Yeah. You got it. You beat me. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Lee? Have you been there? I've yeah. never been to Europe. So if you oh, go to. Get out of here. He's never been outside of Houston. Oh, I've been outside. (laughs) 
I try to go to Hawaii every other year. If I can. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have to go, especially if you're in London, you got to go to the um, the Royal Air Force Museum. That's mm, right. required. I don't think I get permission. Oh. That's the thing. It's See, that's away. the thing. When, when you go with the school groups, you're on their agenda. Oh. Well, I, I think what's good for me, though, is let me let this break me in. You know, get the understanding of how it's, you know, how it works over there and then go back with Cindy, you know, just have mm. the two of us. Yeah. yeah. So I can tell you that when we were in our, our individual mode of just renting a car and going where we wanted, a lot of times it worked out really great because if we saw something that looked interesting, we could just you know, go off and explore that. At the same time, there were many instances where we were frustrated by not being able to navigate our way and we're like, man, just put me on a bus. Let me look out the window for a little while. <laughs> Serve me tea but, and crumpets. Yeah, that, That's what we did. We went on those, those tour buses. You know, it sounds cheesy. They had these double-decker tour buses. Uh, it's a, some sort of chain because they had the same one in France and in, in here and uh, England and uh, probably New York City, too. But uh-huh. they were okay. You, They weren't expensive. And you, they have a little uh, ear earpiece thing, you, headphones you put on. Uh, they give you, and so they go around. And say, this is this, this is that, and they'll stop at, at different places so you can right. see the uh, um, the palace, the the Queen's Palace or whatever they call it. And uh, I know the British people are yelling at me right now, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> various others common sights. And it was it was not bad. It was pretty neat actually. Hmm. Well, I can tell you in our recent Scotland trip, and I'll equate this stuff to airplanes just to try to stay on topic. We did go to the Scottish Air Museum uh, while we were there, and they had mm-hmm. a lot of neat stuff there. Saw uh, Concorde and uh, Avro Vulcan, uh, but that's not this topic here. Um, we got to see some stuff that there's no way we would have seen on a group tour. Um, my wife found these uh, websites or chat forums or something, and it would give directions to these things, and you would literally drive for half an hour down a one-lane road, where you'd see like three houses and it would say, when you get to the fence post with a, a red bandana tied around it, park, <laughs> hop the fence. And of course there's, I don't know what they call it, but there's really not private property there. You can go exploring on any land. And so you hop over this and cross the field. And then there's another, there's a hole in the over gate. Over the here. river, through the woods. Yeah. yeah like literally <laughs> stuff like that. And next thing we know, we're in the middle of this cave down by the water and the, some really amazing stuff that we would not have seen otherwise. So it was a good trade-off, but every now and then it gets to you and you just want somebody to mm. take you away. But the Air Museum was also very cool. And we probably talked about that on here as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm going to go back to something. Okay. <laughs> uh, Fitz. Yes. We visited someone when we went to small i think you said and i'm sorry i don't remember the guy's name so this makes me feel bad but there was a gentleman who um i guess designed the alec alpha jet like the plane that looks like the uh, alpha edf jet i know oh you're talking about the fan trainer yeah and that was paul willenberg so (laughs) just out of the blue it just crossed my mind i remember driving by the museum and some guy pulls, opens up his car door and pulls one of those out. A model? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, is this guy coming to fly? I was like, I was like, wow, this is going to be cool. Uh, but I never saw him again. <laughs> but I saw this guy pull out that, that EDF. It was the weirdest thing. You didn't chase him I down? Like, 
No, I was driving. Oh. <laughs> you just well, run him over. <laughs> I'll stop him. Wasn't anyway. it a plans article in Man or something? Yes. I, yep. okay. Anyway, just, I just like, I know that plane. <laughs> now, we were a little while ago offline talking about half-a-ducted fans, and I think... Wasn't that originally the design no. for that? Yeah, no was, way. Yeah, it was an 049. He had um, used a, a, use a cut-down propeller, and you had to make your own shaft uh, little electric starter extension to mm. start it. Uh, use a hex screw on the, on the prop nut instead of a regular Allen screw or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, uh, Phillips screw. And yeah. uh, you, he, in the article, it showed you how to make your own little mini starter for it. And he had a story. He told us before how he had to go through a couple iterations of the of the engine uh, to see what worked, which particular engine worked and whatnot. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was originally 049. And the one he flies now was his, I think it was his 049 version that he converted to electric. Huh. The actual one he used in the magazine. He still has it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, wasn't that hanging in his room? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking. I think in his workshop, but it's it's yeah. in flying condition and it's it's beautifully finished and it flies really good. Yeah, anyway, that was just that would have been cool. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, this was early '90s, so electric wasn't really evolved enough to make it practical. So it was more. Fun. Yeah, I, I doubt this one was 049. I'm pretty sure it was in EDF. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. That's hmm. the one I have because I built one some years ago and it made it electric straight out. Well, that's cool. Oh. Uh, too bad you didn't get to see it fly. If it did yeah. fly, yeah, it was like I was like, did y'all see that guy right there <laughs> as we were driving out the exit? <laughs> That's neat. And he was near the model model. Section. He was near the museum. He was actually like, I mean, I, I look, I don't know. Let's let's make up a story. Let's just pretend. You know, he was donating it to the museum. Uh, oh. That's all. I, but he was near the entrance to the museum, not oh. the side where we were flying. Interesting. This guy opened the door and pulled it out. I was like, wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It could have been him. For all we know, just you know, let's call him up, see if he was at the museum. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> this is like, oh my god! I just made that up. <laughs> well, are oh we ready gosh. to move past uh, Oshkosh? Well, I don't know. We're it's almost two hours in. Where do you want to go is from it? here? Right, well, I have a go back on something I talked about the previous episode or two episodes ago. I told you guys about my mini uh, uh, lazy bee. The mini bee? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So an 18-inch span lazy bee thing. It's obviously not a Clancy design, but it's inspired by the Clancy lazy bee. I finished it and maidened it. Oh, you flew it? Well, yeah. shoot, that's news. We should have yeah. started with... Oh, my gosh. I Good forgot job. about it until then. Oh, no, you didn't. You planned this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the special bonus for those who stood, stayed around this long. All right. So, uh, yeah, I flew it. I've flown it a couple times in the same outing. Um, but I'm going to change the name from the mini bee to the twitchy bee or the, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a three channel airplane. C minus. C minus. Lazy C. Um, like a regular lazy bee. It's three channels. It's got throttle, elevator, and rudder. And uh, I just kind of guessed at the control throws. And when I got it, it didn't have any control surfaces. So I just made my own approximating what a lazy bee would be like. And it has landing gear on it. And it does have enough prop clearance to take off on paved surfaces. It wouldn't do anything on grass. But I'm really glad that I did do a rolling takeoff for the maiden flight. Because had I done it with a hand launch, 
it would have been a disaster. I would have crashed it for sure. Um, so yeah, I went to a local schoolyard and it's got a parking lot right next to a big grass field. So I took off and it needed a lot of uptrim at first and I got that done. But the rudder is super sensitive, very effective, which I think is probably consistent with a lazy bee. I've never actually flown a regular lazy bee. I don't know if you guys have. I don't think I've ever have either. Nope. Yeah. No. I mean, they were super popular there for a while. But yeah. uh, anyway, so I got it around a couple of times, landed it, uh, put some trim in it, and then uh, added a little bit of expo and lowered the high rates. And uh, after that, I, I had a good time flying it. It has a weird thing where uh, maybe it's after a stall or if you get going too fast, it'll tuck under and point the nose straight down and you can get out of it. <laughs> but in normal flying, it did fine. So I still need to do some trim on it and figure some things out. But it flew. What if it's incidents? It could be. I think everything's at zero the way it is now. Mm. And maybe it gets in a certain attitude where the, that huge wing is blocking out the elevator or something. Mm. I, I'm not really sure. But uh, You reach compressibility with it. Slow down. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a lot of power for the size. And I had to put that big of a motor, which is only a Park 250, so it's not a big motor. It's a Park 250 with a two-cell 350 um, LiPo and like a six-and-a-half-inch prop or six-inch prop. Um, so, yeah, a small airplane, but relatively a lot of power. And you can really throttle it back and fly forever, or you can push it forward and accelerate straight up. So it flies. It's still in one piece. I need to tweak it a little bit and see if I'm going to enjoy it or not. But uh, it would fly really great if it was two-thirds as weight. But I don't know how to lose any more weight. It has such a short nose that it has to have all this mass up front just to balance it. So perhaps more to come on that. Um, we'll see. But I, I thought you'd want to know that it has flown and survived. Well, yay. Yeah, yay. Maiden flights are fun, right? Maybe <laughs> I'm desensitizing myself to regular flights with airplanes. I can only be excited by maiden flights now. <laughs> <laughs> You're adrenaline junkie. Oh, can we just stop right there? <laughs> Start oh showing gosh. up. Terry, why'd you bring the blindfold? Huh? Don't <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm, it, I say that and I make it sound it. like I'm an ace pilot, which I am not an ace pilot by any stretch. Yeah. Anyway, I actually have not been flying and be, because of my false starts with Flight Fest and Canandaigua, I haven't been flying in the interim. So, yeah, I really need to get out this weekend. Yeah, actually, I haven't been flying that much either. Um, I've taken on a new student, and so I've mainly been helping him on the weekends. A flying student? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Actually, it's yeah. not fun. Teaching people how to fly is tough. No, this one actually has been the easiest I've ever had. <laughs> the guy's taken to it like a fish to water, so. Oh, that's good. Uh, he had a little helicopter thing kind of a half toy that he's played with. And so I think he's developed some muscle memory he didn't realize he had. So he's been uh -huh. progressing really good. He's been flying in an apprentice. And, oh, okay. Uh, he's at the point now where he can, he can solo easily. Uh, oh, well, there you go. What does he need you for? Uh, for me to turn off the safe mode. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to keep him out of trouble. Right. <laughs> That's what we're going to do I think I told you, the last person I um, mentored... They had really good eyesight, 
And so they would take it off and get way up where it's a dot in the sky. I'm like, oh, I can't see it anymore. You better bring it back. <laughs> and we had issues with combining our schedules where I wasn't always available when he was ready to fly. So he would go out and just recruit somebody who was there to teach, which is fine. Um, the problem was they would like reconfigure his whole airplane. So I'd get it back. <laughs> we'd have to, <laughs> we were buddy boxing. So I'd have to reset all the trims. And so anyway, I, if it sounds like a complaint, it's not. It's just uh, goes with the territory of teaching people to fly. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, it looks like we just lost Lee as his recorder ran out of memory. So, <laughs> we better wrap this up. I'm still here. <laughs> no, no, no. He's talking, but it's not I'm, recording. So. I'm right here. I'm not dead. Yeah. I think I'll go for a walk. My leg is very badly broken. <laughs> he says he's feeling better, but uh, <laughs> we, we've been yakking long enough, anyways. People probably gouging your eardrums out after listening to us drone off for two hours. Everybody else is gone. <laughs> yeah, just, just Terry and I talking to each other. Oh, no, and we should say this every time. Thank you guys for listening. We love doing these podcasts, mainly for ourselves, because we just like to chat. But we're so appreciative that we have so many people downloading and listening to our podcast and and complaining to us when we're late <laughs> on issuing one. So, uh, again, we thank you guys for being our listeners. Yes, thank you. We do appreciate it. Always. And on that note, I guess we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.